Okay, we are ready with with Jolanta. Uh, Hello. Uh, hi. Uh, please, you know the drill. Dedication time. So, what would you like to dedicate dedicate this episode to? I would like to dedicate this to my team at at Barrel Roll Productions and everybody who works diligently, effortlessly on any of the work that we do on shorts and video content and anything that we do in the film industry, creative media, video content. Wonderful. Yes, it's all you always it's a good to have a team when yes. you're making movies. Absolutely. Don't do it alone. <laughs> <laughs> We're back with uh, Jolanta. Where uh, before we get started, I want to have some couple shout outs. Uh, I went at the Comic Con, Tommy Con convention, a small little convention in Hastings, Minnesota. Oh yeah, I saw uh, that. Tom Wynn present uh, uh, ran it. He's a very nice, accomplished uh, artist himself. He kind of ran the show. It's the first ever. Um, so I met some com- couple friends of mine. Uh, Dennis Vogan, who was a previous guest on the show, we talked about the Watchmen, had his Kickstarter campaign. Oh, wow. And uh, I talked about him. I'll put the link on the Kickstarter if anybody's interested. Um, he's trying to put color into his comic books, much like anybody would love to. Um, shout out to my friend, uh, Victor Cool. He won a contest, Zack Snyder contest for a poster. Wow. And Victor, who was at Comic-Con, won the contest, his print of Dark Side. And everybody, all the superheroes inside the silhouette of Darkseid won Zack Snyder's contest. So That's cool. Congrats. I got my own copy somewhere around here. So it's nice that he won the contest. And um, I'll put the link if you're interested in purchasing a print yourself out there. Um, shout out to my friends I've just met, just met uh, Kat Bauman. She makes uh, comic books as well. Her for, I purchased her comics 25th about... Um, this about beating up and bad romances. That's what she's mentioned. And I met her husband, uh, Jamie Howison, who does his comic book, and I purchased Empress of Thieves. So I'll attach that. Um, nice little get-together, nice uh, sh- uh, showing of comic books and indie comics. So please, uh, if you're out there, support indie comics, indie indie films, as, as well as like Jolanta says. We're all in here independent um, making art. So. These are fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Jolanta's here for the second time. Woo-hoo. Do you want to, like, you know, with sequels, do you want to, like, <laughs> Jolanta Returns or the Revenge? Should we put that in the title? Sure. Jolanta right. Returns sounds just fine. All right, we'll, we'll do it that way. Instead of the Revenge. Yeah, it's always something with an R, right? Yeah. <laughs> I remember when they were, like, Revenge of the Jedi. Yes. And then they're like, no, that's too harsh. Jedis won't want to seek revenge. Return so of the Jedi sounds Return a lot Jedi. better. Yes. So, how... I just I don't let's start right away. What's new with you since the last time you were on? Well, I've been pretty busy trying to get everything up and going for the production company that I run with my husband, who mm-hmm. isn't here, but um, my husband is also our co-production manager, and we have another production manager that helps us run everything for the next few projects. So that's what we're yeah. working on right now, and. At the moment, I'm feeling really empowered by people that I meet around me or inspired by people that I meet. I was at a recent networking event for the um, 
Minneapolis Business Journal magazine. And this what was, was what was I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Minneapolis yeah. Business Magazine. I've never heard of this. Yeah, so. so they had a event at the Science Museum last Monday. Okay, and it Saint was Paul. a yeah, um, yeah St. Paul. Okay, and it was a women networking event, and pretty much it's like speed friending kind of thing. I've never attended like a speed networking thing. <laughs> So it is kind of it does seem kind of little <laughs> yeah. anxiety spike when you like speed let's speed networking like yeah. what's speed networking so basically yeah. you're split into two groups you have mentoring and then you have individual sessions and yeah. so you have about like uh, two people at a table some something like this and you just talk to different people you only have like two minutes at max most to talk to the person that you want to talk to and they have women creators, they have women entrepreneurs. So it's not just filmmaking. No, it's, it's a variety of it's a variety of things. Yeah. So well, I still got to meet people who were active in film, TV, and digital content creation because that's where I'm moving towards to right now is the digital right, content yeah. side. Yeah. And so you can learn you learn so many things. I think if somebody is an independent film has a well practiced verse of presenting your ideas, pitching mm -hmm. your ideas very quickly. So I don't think that's foreign to you, something like, because you can, I think it's a natural trait of somebody, what's your movie about? And well, you have about two minutes, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, so you, you got to be fast. <laughs> so it's something like being fast, it's almost like a challenge accepted, mm -hmm. I got it. Yeah, yeah, you're learning impromptu speaking on the fly, too. Right. So if you're not comfortable with impromptu, get get used to it. <laughs> it's a little bit like teaching as well, because yes. even though you have a structured environment for every hour you teach in the course, every class is different, and you have to mm -hmm. be on your toes about how to handle interruptions how to mm -hmm. handle 32 kids in your room when you're the only adult that's so, right so that's a lot of yeah teaching will help you do that as well yeah that's right so when was it this was last monday oh last it was that that recently yeah so what happened was my mom my mom messaged me like maybe a couple nights ahead and was like do you want to go to this event and they only had one ticket and so she said i'll buy you the ticket if you want to go i don't get out to networking events quite a lot although i should um. <laughs> Surprisingly, I, I am don't like to do that as well. There's a certain hesitation yes. to, even though I'm very mm -hmm. extroverted, but mm -hmm. I just I don't. It's not in my nature. I'd rather be at home getting my projects done. I'm the same way. I yeah. I tend to lock myself up and I try to, if yeah. I have some goals for the week that I need to get done, like that kind of comes first. But it's nice yeah. to get out every once in a while and kind of show yourself <laughs> like. What do you do? How, like it's a great way to get to know other people too. I know. I, I think I. I think people think I'm putting my mind, but I really do have a certain anxiety feature of just when I'm at a convention, I have my own table, mm -hmm. and um, then your brain starts going. You know. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> and people are ignoring me. Did I do something wrong? Did something? You know. So so, well, I don't want to be here. You know, <laughs> so it always goes through everybody's minds at a certain level. Yeah, yeah. Even just driving to the event, too, oh. sometimes <laughs> just is kind of anxious. Just like, am I going to get there in time? And what am I going to do when I get there? Who am I going to talk to? I mean, I was just handed the booklet the day of when I walked in. And I'm right. like, who are these people? Like, I only recognize one name out of everybody that was in that booklet that I got. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go talk to her. <laughs> As somebody who's even ref been a football referee for 20 years, the worst part of it was the ha 30 minutes before mm. a game. Because it's not the 15 minutes because you have jobs to do or right. in even hours, but it's the 30 minutes knowing that eventually it's going to come up and you have to do your job. Mm -hmm. And there's, and then all of a sudden there's 5,000 people in the audience yeah. and then coaches and everything. So that's when it really sp spikes for me is that just the 
just when it starts to begin. <laughs> not the, the day before, way. not the day, not the right. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you go and prepare. Like I, I came prepared with resumes. I came prepared with my tablet and everything yeah. to take notes down. And people are like, you were really prepared for this. I'm like, yeah. Well, I know there's many people who don't really do well for auditions, mm-hmm. but they're very talented people yeah. very well. But it's just that idea of auditioning that freaks them out and yes. they, they don't do as well. Yeah, which I feel kind of goes counterproductive or something that you're really good at. But then, you know, you get that, I, I got to do an audition. Do, yeah. Oh, auditions are the hardest. I used to audition for theater, uh, theater acting sometimes, like musicals or just regular plays. And I would always try to think, I might get it, I might not get it. Yeah. And then I end up, like, when you think you're going to do bad, but you do end up getting it. I was like, hey, <laughs> it worked in my favor this time. <laughs> I feel safer because now I just read an article that Chris Evans pretty much got it on his hands and knees and begged ah. Ryan Johnson to be in Knives Out. So you Great could be a good movie, <laughs> by the way. I love Knives Out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I get a kick out of that. We're all were, But, you know, Chris Evans is always mm-hmm. who's, who's made Captain America. He for his audition, he got on his hands and knees and please, I want this part so bad. So, <laughs> I loved his role in Knives Out. I mean, he uh, was ransom? the total yeah. ransom character. I mean, ransom sounds perfect for his character, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you've seen it, I don't want to give it away, but <laughs> no, I, I th- you know what? I recommend it because my wife never saw it, ah. and I was like, I think it's time for a second viewing. That movie's much better second time around. I have to go see it a second time. It's much. I think <laughs> the first time you're so I want to mm-hmm. you, you're so in depth to like I want to solve it before the movie does. And yep. you're looking. You're actually overlooking stuff rather to just relax and right. enjoy it. Yeah, there's some clues. Actually, the movie kind of gives it away itself. There's some clues in there that you have to kind of pay attention to, like with the dad and then with the the um. How, is it the housekeeper? I think it's. Do they call them housekeepers? Or yeah. They, yeah. Or his personal, or ba- their registered personal care assistant. There yeah. it is. Yeah. So the PCA that was helping him out. I mean. Yeah. He didn't really think about it, but. <laughs> no, and I think <laughs> look for the clues. And like I said, I was too invested. Like I want to solve this. I'm mm-hmm. watching too hard to actually appreciate <laughs> the overall. actually pleasurable it is. It's funny. I was hoping that Daniel Craig would actually win the Oscar. I was kind of rooting rooting for him. <laughs> Well, we do. Ryan Johnson said we're going to get a sequel of him. Oh, a sequel. Benet Blanc is going to come back. Oh, so. I really wasn't hoping for a sequel. The way that it ended, I thought it was just fine. Well, then not the care. I think we're going to get a sequel of him investigating a new uh, case. So, gotcha. So another case for Benet Blanc. Uh-huh. Yeah. So well, what else is going on? You're doing a movie for Z-Fest? We are. So we currently have a movie that we're promoting. It's called The Reluctant Driver. And it was written by our writer, Abby G. And it is about this executive who loses his job after 20 years of working for a company. So um, he now has to work for Uber <laughs> at, okay. at the end of it. <laughs> so his wife, his wife is pleading him to just kind of take anything. You, you just got laid off. Just just try Start working right away. Yep, exactly. Okay. So she challenges him to try to learn to be humble. And I actually play the wife and I act alongside Pollock Nauman, who is a talented, very talented actor. So oh you're, you're in front of the camera this time. I am in front of the camera. OK, yes. uh, make my own cameo. <laughs> this sounds really I, li- I like the premise that somebody changes of venues and. 
you know, almost like yeah. a fish out of water and kind of has to step down from where he was to kind of adapt, be a more a little more adaptable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we think of the work environment where some people just stay and live at their job for 30, 40 what do you think of it? Fifty years. Yeah. When are you gonna retire? You keep asking the same question, <laughs> and so sometimes you know you might get a job burnout. That's something I faced when I was a little younger, and I was working retail because I worked a lot of retail jobs, and so some of them were rewarding, some of them were not, and you know eventually some of us may want to work for ourselves because we find the joy in working on our own. Yeah. So I think some people want to be their own boss yeah but i think some people have the the great discipline of doing it yeah that's yeah. it so it's how you it's however niche you want to go into because yeah. the internet is so vast i mean you never know what you're going to find online <laughs> yeah. and there are people who are educators teachers that give you tips and advice on youtube or how to do like simple things and so the idea this came about when we were writing when we were writing the original outline. Yeah. We wanted him to feel the character to feel humility and be thankful for the things that he does have because you never know what tomorrow might might happen for you or, or might lead yeah. to. So. so that that sounds like the whole nexus, the whole nucleus of the, the story. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's the trailer's out now. It's all over. We've is it on the Z Fest? YouTube? Yeah, it's on. The, you can look at it on Z Fest. Okay, we'll put the link yeah. on the meta, the uh, for a reluctant driver Z Fest. I believe I sent it to you. I think you did. Yes. So okay. Um, I s- it's on our Facebook page. Yeah. Website's getting built. I had it built up last night. I was up late trying to build it. <laughs> And I don't know what's happened to it now, so I'll have to go back and double check. Well, we'll definitely put it in the information yeah. box for people to can see it and like it if they really enjoy the trailer. That yeah. would be great because we also currently have an Indiegogo campaign, um, which is also titled Be Your Own Boss. Um, so so it's the title of the Indigo is Be, Be Your, Your Own Boss. And so right now we're trying to um, get production funding so we could do more video content that is really relatable slice of life kind of films and um comedy drama that type that type of thing so that's the avenue you're going for the the production company yeah and then they have an indiegogo campaign yep get wonderful and our production company is barrel roll Productions. yes you mentioned that i was just gonna yes i just want (laughs) to confirm that that's what why barrel roll you know my husband thought of it (laughs) I don't know why. I think there's a meme out there. If you Google it, okay, there All are right. memes of people like rolling downhill. And it's called a barrel roll. I love, I love, <laughs> I love Brad Pitt's production company's called Plan B, which is if mm. the, if the acting doesn't work, I'll just be a producer <laughs> for. <life. laughs> so that's why it's called Plan, plan B. Plan B. Well, hey, yeah, you got to have a plan. If the acting doesn't work, then I, I'll just be a producer. There yeah. you go. <laughs> and here he did. Um, what? Uh, once Upon a Time in Hollywood with yeah, Tarantino. There you go. Maybe now his production company usually is attached to all the films he did. Yep. But that wasn't the intent. He just had this small little production company <laughs> that was making movies to support if his acting never came through. And now it comes with him. So <laughs> if you get him, you get the whole production company with it. Yeah. I've actually visited his production company when I was in Los Angeles. He shares yeah. it. It's on the same lot as the Red Cinema Studio camera. Okay. Company, really? yeah, it's really like right inside the same production house. I think everybody who's a filmmaker should make one program pilgrimage to L.A. 
Mm. You think, what do you think? Just if, one. If you could visit Hollywood, yeah, I definitely would recommend because it's a. I think Hollywood is such a great place to learn how to do filmmaking, and I love visiting these different studios and getting to learn yeah. and network. Because I got I got the opportunity to go to um, Cinegear last year. Cinegear. So Cinegear is like a big expo for filmmakers, and they have it on the Paramount lot. And I've oh, been wow. to Paramount twice. I love that. I love the studio. Well, the next time you go, let me. Know. I'll come with you. Just put me it's, the baggage, and it's and free. <laughs> and actually, I think yeah. ZFest is a sponsor of Cinegear, so they get like their different cameras, like Sony's and Panasonic's, and their wonderful. Um, I didn't know about that. Wow. Yeah, I'm always finding out because I've got friends down in Los Angeles, and they tell me things that go on. So <laughs> I'm like, hey, whatever you guys got going on, just let me know. <laughs> When's the last time you've been to LA? You remember? It was just there last year. Okay. Around We usually go around May and June, so we're planning on going back again. You like to go when it's really hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> actually not that hot. You need, Well, for I, I think for <laughs> some he came from the Caribbean. Yes, it's not that hot. For yeah. me, it's wonderful just to get up and see the sun every morning, whereas we don't get that here when it's winter. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. The last time I went, I went to the Griffin Observatory. Way up oh, above it's great. Yeah. Which you, is, I, I. Did you hike or yeah, did, well, you, we, did, I you, did, the, <laughs> did you cheat? I, I did the lazy way. <laughs> well, the funny thing is uh, when I was there, we wanted to go a certain day and it was closed for filming. Oh wow! There was a movie. It was they were filming something up there. Oh cool! They just had the gates closed for filming. I wouldn't be and surprised. Then, and then I looked at my my sister in law was living there. I go, she goes, it happens all the time. You won't believe. <laughs> and you go watch a movie now, and you will see Griffin Observatory is in it. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's always in it. Usually, if it's like a noir. And, then, and I go, really? I didn't. I was so ignorant. But then the next day we went up there, and it was fascinating. But you're right. A bunch of movies have been filmed up there. The one popping in my brain was the Rocketeer. Was there's a big the climactic scene of the Rocketeer was at Griffin's Observatory. Um, yeah, well, the Hollywood sign is right by it. So it's like really right about, yeah. about a hike away from the yeah. observatory. So, um, if, if you watch Kevin Nealon's hikes, he hikes, he has this YouTube cha- this mm. YouTube video where he has a celebrity and he puts his iPhone on a stick <laughs> and they go hiking with celebrities. He usually hikes around there. Oh, awesome. And they just interviews people as they walk around from like, you know, Martin Short to Sarah Silverman. And they do it like at 5.30 in the morning before anybody gets up, so there's nobody there. That's a smart way to do it when no one's out there. Um, I remember our first year when when my husband and I visited um, Los Angeles the first time, he hiked the way up. I only only hiked. I I mean, you see it from below, and you're like, here's the observatory, and it's really far, far away when you're hiking. It's not a steady (laughs) climb either. Uh, No. No. Good luck getting up the... It's got some steep hills going up, so right. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> we actually, to share a story, we actually were in Deadwood, uh, South Dakota. The oh, fun. Deadwood, the last, uh, where all the, we found gold there, and so they set up a shop to mine gold and the gulch and the TV show wow. Deadwood and all that. So my wife was there for a weekend. We wanted to go to the Deadwood ceremony, uh, Cemetery. I heard about this. And so the cemetery is up on a hill. It's the only place where they didn't find gold. <laughs> so that's where you're going to bury people. Is the other... <laughs> And we're like, that's not far. Let's just walk it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> then you re- you look at it and like it's really far away. <laughs> yeah, it's my legs were I'm so old, but my legs just from walking up and down it. Probably feel sore. Very sore. I wasn't prepared. I feel yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not a hiker. My husband's more the 
outdoor active type like you get him outside he likes to run he likes to he's a cyclist at heart so i used to be i used to be in shape refereeing football and running and all that stuff but when when you retire you really really retire (laughs) you're like i quit sorry (laughs) i hear you (laughs) staying healthy is Kind of, a, it's a challenge, but you got to do it. There's, I know. I, uh, I'm not completely out of shape, but it's just, I'm, I see a mountain, I'm not going to climb it. I'm right. sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, we went uh, to Hawaii and, you know, they have a lot of volcanoes in Hawaii that are not active. So you can go hike up a volcano if you want. And I think it was Diamond Head, oh my which God. is off of Waikiki. And it's very beautiful. Go try climbing the good luck. <laughs> And that was my first taste for hiking is going up a volcano. Do you like traveling? I do love to travel. Because you've been all over the last time. Uh, well, not recently. From my perspective. <laughs> I'm um, not much. Of, I haven't been everywhere. Yeah. Well, let's see. We we usually visit two places twice a year. So Los Angeles yeah. and Las Vegas. I love going to Las Vegas. Well, you can drive it, right? You can you can fly to Vegas and then what is it like just a few hour drive to LA? I think no, yeah. it's three hours to Los Angeles. That's not Angeles. too bad. By car? Good luck. Yeah, that's not too- <laughs> this is somebody who's driven from Minnesota to Florida in twenty six hours. So yes, three is fine. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, I know Florida takes 26 hours to get there. We took the I, bus. Did you? T- oh, my God, you took a bus. <laughs> hey, kudos for you. I don't, I'd don't. rather drive a car. Taking a bus is very challenging cross-country, <laughs> especially when you only have one bathroom and, like, 30 people on a bus. Oh, no, yeah. I, we, uh, from my experiences, we went to L.A. for, uh, I'm sorry. Florida. We went to Florida January first for a, a bowl game, a football game. Oh, fun! And then we were, you know, once the bowl game's over, we said we're just going to pack up and leave. So we checked out, and as soon as we left, um, the timing was perfect. But so by the time we got to Atlanta, it was five o'clock rush hour, mm. and we hit that perfectly. So we had to stay. Yeah, lucky. <laughs> Atlanta is not easy either. Oh, going never, rush hour. no, and yeah, I did a twenty-six hour straight drive wow. back home. And it was very quiet when we got home for the next day. Very well, how quiet. did you How did you feel the next day? That's my question. My legs, because <laughs> you think you think you're standing still, mm-hmm. right? You're, well, you're sitting down. Well, straight, you're sitting right? down, but in reality, you are moving. Mm-hmm. You just don't feel it because you're inside a car, right? Um, so you're exhausted, even mm-hmm. though you're traveling. And then, yeah, you're sitting down, and your legs are stiff, and it's hard to get up and move and even in airplanes because sometimes like my knees you don't have a, enough leg room right so that passenger in front of you if they sit down and you're like sitting on top of your knees it's like okay <laughs> thanks buddy that just made my and it's a long flight to china yeah. good luck <laughs> well international flights they got booze so there you go <laughs> I guess that's a good way that you can, you know, drink as much as you want. <laughs> My husband just came back from Morocco, so wow, I, I um that's a long. No, not really. It's just six, seven hours, I think. Yeah, going to okay. Europe. Yeah, still seven hours in a plane. That's mm, not as long as sixteen hours. Not as long as twenty-six hours <laughs> on a car. Right? Sixteen hours in a flight is way too long for me. <laughs> That's why people like you ever going to visit Australia? No, mm-hmm. that is that is yeah. That's torture. <laughs> that is torture. That is. So going back uh, to the uh, reluctant driver. Yeah. Uh, 
outside in front of the camera and being producer, did you do anything else involved with the production of the film? Um, so this was pretty much self-funded from us. Okay. And self-funding when you're filmmaking is kind of hard at times because you have to wait to save up and you have to make sure, you know, you have a good director of photography. And so what we did differently with this one is the marketing for the piece. So basically just getting everything up on social media, Twitter, have a little following on Twitter, which is great. I don't tweet very much because I'm still getting you comfortable. You just meant, okay, so I'm, I'm on there all the time. So, <laughs> right. so I'm, I'm trying to get comfortable with the Twitterverse because I'm so used to Facebook and Instagram. It's a little bit different. Yeah, it's a little, I don't, I don't know what to tweet about sometimes. And so just I just want to be careful when I tweet so I don't get into like Twitter wars that you hear about on Twitter. <laughs> if you don't put a hashtag on it, I think you're fine. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm being careful and mindful about what I'm hashtagging. So learning the marketing piece of how to market a film is yeah. so different. So that's why we started. I started the Indiegogo campaign so that way we can fund for our next projects. And I'm very excited for what we've got coming up. Well, I think this venue right here, podcasting, is another, I think it's going to be what promotion's going to be for beneficial that's great i don't think i don't think advertising has changed to the point that this this is way i think it's the new way and it's been like that for the last 10 years I don't yeah think, yeah and it, it's um for podcasting it's a wonderful advertised venue because it's different right yes. you don't get a jingle you don't get hour long you know you get a personal yeah attachment where you don't dig it like a, you said about speed the speed meet where you have a two pitch two minute pitch, pitch yeah well here you get a different approach where you get an hour long discussion and it's not all about your promotions right yeah so i think i I think this is the new way it's going to be and i think conversationally too this helps out a lot of people especially if you're so like for me i wish i had learned some things when i first started out how not to do everything by yourself so (laughs) (laughs) make things in other words for future filmmakers make things a lot easier for yourself Hire a good director of photography, yeah. if you can, a good editor and a sound design. One thing, I w- the whole point of the this podcast is to present to people, if you want to make movies, mm-hmm. you, there's nobody doing it by themselves. Right. And it's a collaborative piece. Yes. Obviously, somebody has one vision, mm-hmm. but still, you have to all work collectively to work That's together. That's right. Yeah. Because sometimes you might find some great projects just by working collaboratively. Yeah. And that's what we found with Reluctant Driver. We had different writers. So, I mean, Avi G put together the outline. He created, I mean, I, the way that Reluctant Driver came out was from my own experience of being an Uber driver. I drive for Uber. So, okay. Um, and I wanted to bring that, like the, the art of doing deliveries and driving and trying to do something a little bit different. It is kind of frightening on your end, too, because you're going <laughs> to someplace new all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So sometimes. I mean, you're going into the unknown. Like, I, I remember my first deliveries that I made. I went to, like, some part of Robbinsdale on a night run. <laughs> and it was, like, somewhere in northeast Minneapolis. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, if it's something new to you, too, you're like, where, where, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I just, and what I like about it is you're learning technology as you're driving. And so that's what sparked me the idea to write for this. And originally it was going to be all done in a restaurant this reluctant driver before it became the reluctant driver and we flipped the script and we thought wouldn't it be more fun if it was an executive who got laid off 
to end up driving for Uber. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we just thought the I- original idea I had was to do it in a restaurant because I also work for Jimmy John's. So it was really interesting to kind of transition from transition there. yeah from that side to the the corporate exact side so so the idea it just tran- it just transitioned from another place to the yep. same kind of but that's you right. kept the same concept it, yep yeah that's Were right you, how would you able, did you do like filming as you're driving yeah we did we actually went downtown st paul Okay. Um, kind of by Lower Town, the farmer market area. Oh, I know where that is. <laughs> so <laughs> in the film, you get to see some really pretty parts of St. Paul. And I don't want to give it away because Z-Fest is coming up this weekend. So um, I'll send you the link so you can watch it right, privately. Right, Well, I yeah. work where the St. Paul Saints play baseball. I know yes, the whole area is Exactly. Yeah. So we filmed, there's a restaurant down there. I, I don't know the name of the restaurant. I'm sorry. There's so many. It's right. It's like by the Northwestern building on that corner. Okay. I think it's like fourth and something down there. So, um, yeah, we just took up a block and we just decided to film on that block and it turned out really nice. And we filmed on the side of the Orpheum. Is it the Orpheum? No, no, Ordway. Ordway, sorry. Ordway's over there. Ordway Theater. So kind of by the James J. Hill building over there, the library. I see. And we filmed on that side of downtown, too. So You got both ends. Yeah, we got both ends. Really pretty. We Shout out to Mancini's because they let us use their restaurant. So they gave oh, us that's a, a perfect in, in, yes because they they have the, the old fashioned yes. lamps. Yes, yeah. and the bar. So we just basically used the bar. We pulled up. It was like Saturday morning. We were there for a couple hours. Actually, I'm friends with the owner's um, nephew because I went to school with them. So, um, and it was really cool. I love Mancini. The atmosphere makes it yeah. just <laughs> appealing to you. Almost feel like because I love noirs. You almost feel like you're in a noir yeah, film when you exactly. go exactly. So yeah. I think the bar area because we shot mainly by the bar and we shot with some of the booths in the background. Yeah, really made an impact on how the film everything else kind of locations are key when you're filming if they ever allow indoor smoking again i'm going right back to man <laughs> you can smoke outside i know i know i know <laughs> it was just that old smoky restaurant atmosphere uh, that that played in the 40s and 50s noir movies yeah yeah. Well, well, I think Mancini's right now has been popping for as a film location there's been at least two or three other films before mine that has been shot there Really? Yeah. Either okay. films or music videos. People are using, there's like a little dance floor there. So they're using it's it now. It's a great now. place, man. Yeah. And I hope it stays open. That's <laughs> that's my goal. <laughs> so you, you got two set locations for the movie? Because it is a short film, right? We had three. You had three. Okay. We had an office. Oh, I'm sorry, four. I lied. We had which is four to five. Yeah. Four to five, which is, that's amazing for a short film. And we, shot, we shot by a hospital, too. <laughs> So having five different locations almost for a short film, that's that's a challenge in itself. Because it's usually tough. people can just do one. You probably mm-hmm. want to do one one or two at most locations right. for a short film. Well, yeah. we shot in the house the first few nights. The first night of filming, that wasn't so bad. That's only about a four-hour shoot for the house Okay. that we shot in. And then the next day was mostly all the production. Yeah. So we did most of the exterior shots and some of the interior shots at Mancini's and then at the office location in Bloomington. Uh, who was the director? Me. And who was the cinematographer? It was Adel Merchant. He's very new. 
He's fabulous at what he does. I love his work. How'd you find him? How'd you find him? We were at the, it's an MN Filmmaker and Marketing Meetup group. Okay. I don't know if you're if you've heard of them, but no. it's run by. This is why I love my show. <laughs> I, I learn things. Yeah. So it's a group run by Eric Johnson, who's over at You Betcha. That yeah. that's his studio. Okay. So he, I know. Yeah, I, yes. Yeah. So he started the MN Filmmaker Marketing Meetup. I started going, and hopefully, I think we're having another meetup soon. And so I attended a couple of sessions, and that's how I met Adel. And he said, "Well, I do cinematography, filmmaking." And he does these videos for a nonprofit where he gets to travel. So I was like, oh, well, do you want to come help out <laughs> on our film? I'm always looking for different cinematographers By the to way, collaborate right. with. So he's like, yeah, I'll come on board. And you know, our what I love about our team is that we're very diverse. We have a we have a big diverse team where we're all of different backgrounds. So Kirk Yang is my unit production manager. He's out there quite a lot yeah. on film sets. And then I have Luke Sager, who's our group gaffing and lighting department. He's ta- I, he's very talented, like a uh, group and gaffer. And so, and then I have Ruben Nahara, who's our still photographer. He kind of goes with us. <laughs> and because he, you he's do still photography too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's also on set too. He's yeah. everywhere the on too. On set photographer. Yeah, yeah. He's an on set photographer. And then I have, Abby G, of course, and then now Adel. So we're kind of, and Stephanie, who's our newest um, ad- addition to my husband. I love it. I do yeah, love it. that's yeah. the whole team in a nutshell. <laughs> I mean, we have two other teammates, but they're in Los Angeles, so. Which everybody should make a pilgrim show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're going to take a small little break and okay. then back more with Jolanta. Hi, this is Mouse. I'm Weens. And we are two sisters with the Mouse and Weens podcast. Nice and clear. <laughs> Come take a listen. It's fun. We talk about life, love, and pubic hair. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> and all sorts of fun family memories and stuff. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> We're on all the platforms. And we hope you take a listen. Bye. Bye. Suck it. Testament is have a movie played. Don't watch it and see how much sound is a prominent thing, in right. your, and see if you can recognize it. The last time I did that test was I had Back to the Future on. Oh wow! If you don't pay attention, if you close your eyes, it's still 
resonates and you can understand just from the music what's going to happen the temperament and tone and everything yeah all the pop music yeah tone is very important in a movie that's something i wish i something i wish i learned about in my early <laughs> when i was testing out with editing testing out with color correcting and doing different things and yeah. you kind of forget to set the tone the music sets the tone for the film and well, yeah, you can have a different environment, but if mm-hmm. we played clown music, <laughs> as, as this guy is doing his Uber, and you know, yeah, clown horn, yeah, yeah it uh, has a different perception of what you're doing. So yeah, I I don't know, I don't like to because I'm not a filmmaker myself, but I think if people have just a little more pay attention to what is being projected, audio yes. audio wise, as well as visual. Absolutely. Like when you're out on location, for example, and an airplane decides to fly over your set. Yeah. That's something you can't control, but you could do another take and that's okay. Well, (laughs) and uh, during break, we were talking about other movies and like The Dark Knight Mm -hmm. has a distinct sound to it. And every character has his own sound in the movie The Dark Knight. So like the Joker would have that. It sounds like a gnat. yeah. So even though you didn't see him, you're anticipating that That's he's, when coming. he's coming. It's a yeah. condition, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it begins in the movie where you have this annoying, natty little sound. <laughs> and then we have it for Harvey Dent, where have this this very like I don't know this trumpets, but it's like a swelling, like I like, think it's like so. a wave, like coming. a little quiet wave coming. Where you know eventually when Harvey Dent has that gun to that the one of the Joker's minions, right? That the swelling comes out. It's almost like something's going to come out of him. It's going to emerge, <laughs> right? It's something beneath that's going to finally emerge out of him. So that, applaud the audio for just having that. Yes. Because that's that's something you're not really paying attention to. I think you go back now, you say, oh, my God, that's obviously a marker. I know what's coming. Bad things are coming. Yeah. It's kind of like if you forget to have a, a after effects for or special effects for um, a shot going off. I mean, if you don't have the bullet going through, then they just have a clown like squeeze the <laughs> clown nose. Beep, beep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's this commercial out there, and yeah. they do it very effectively. And you were talking about that same sound. And yeah. It's like for a truck, I think. I can't remember if it's Ford or Chevy. That's doing like the Ford Tough car. Yeah. And the commercial starts out loud, but then it goes quiet. Like super quiet. That's so intentional. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, what are you trying to do and play with my emotions? <laughs> but also when you cut sound, right? Mm-hmm. Because there was like, in like, uh, I want to use it just because it's in my brain fresh. But when the Dark Knight, you know, the Joker interrogates Rachel, and he's given the, the whole background is busy. It's just cacophony mm-hmm. noises, and he's giving a speech, and all of a sudden he says. One day they caught her face, and the camera stops, and the sound stops, stops yeah. where it enhances that perfectly. Right. Because they have that rotating camera, and he's given this whole spiel about his wife, and they cut her, and then he says one time they cut her face, and then the camera stops, and then sound stops, and you're like, ooh, this is not the good. The tension. Yeah. yeah. You, so you can almost feel the tension in the room. Yeah. So not only, I think, is audio important, but when do you do it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do it a false alarm in Jaws, right, where the, the music, they the, the dun, shark's dun. not going to work well. So we have to have <laughs> let's have the music be phenomenal, but it gives you a little instrument of trigger where you don't see it. You just have the music play, but right. there's nothing going on. But you have the music play, and you're like, oh, he's back. So you have this heightened anxiety, but nothing ever emerges. Like no, just, 
Just remind you. Know you know he's in the water when they play that. Yeah. <laughs> of course, if you get famous enough that you can have your own music wherever movie like uh, Jason Voorhees mm. has his own music, right? The Jason Voorhees, the mass for Friday the 13th. Where you right. Just, you play the music and you know it's not going to be good. That would be kind of fun. But just have your music. <laughs> <laughs> have my own catalog of library. <laughs> I was going to say, too, um, Knives Out actually does a really good job in the beginning with the piano when Danielle Craig is just ding. ding yeah. Ding. As a refresher, reminder, stay on. You're getting distracted. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, the, the interrogator guy who's yeah. professional, he's getting distracted just in case. Ding. I mean, just to remind you who's in charge. Yeah. Kind of like exactly. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that that was actually really creative, I thought, that they did that. Yeah, I, I love the emergence of this, the arrangement of the knives. How it me too shoots light, <laughs> right? It's not. A, it's a metaphor for the movie because it's right. knives out. But knives you have this, out. The, everybody, it's like a circular, and they put the knives going in like they're all attacking. But it's a nice using light in uh, the movie, speckling it all over. I yeah. think Parasite did the same thing too with the house, the light. Using the light and the dark. Very sharp angles of yes. how the light comes in. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of get the light and eerie feeling. Like, this is refreshing for the family. And then it's <laughs> dark on one side. Like, nope. <laughs> it's playing right. mind tricks with you. <laughs> I love how the, the, the poor family starts out even below poverty. Right. They live in a basement, which is even below. Way below. below, below and they're right. actually getting metaphorically peed on in the movie, too. Right. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, of course they're going to get, they're even lower than that, right? Right. Yeah. Much <laughs> yeah. you know, again, cinematically, when you when you look at Parasite, the scene when it's flooding, like that's a scene that kind of really captivates it. That's powerful because yeah. that's, it, what, to make that movie, to make it actually a legitimate flood, I don't know how much special graphics are for it, but that's, that's heavy to do. Yeah. That's something you can't cut, like oh, budget-wise, but you have to do it. It's almost like yeah. a, it's almost like a, flushing uh get rid of all the dirt or like almost like a baptism so, and yeah you can kind of look at it i was gonna say sort of like a washing away of like what's going on in the world right now yeah there was another one in the movie remember the bat a uh, long time ago the horror movie descent um, sounds familiar where they, the girls go spelunking a girl, yes and yes, they get yes. lost yeah and of course, in like in horror movies but the ending of it where the woman finally has enough courage to fight back is where she falls in a, a pond full of blood, and she comes <laughs> back caked in blood. Well, that's a baptism of blood, where she transforms right. from skittish. So all of a sudden, she's now empowered, metaphorically, and you know she simple. feels um, so like resurrected or right. kind it, of alive again. Yeah, so it always plays out in movies where you have this change of baptism of water mm -hmm. or baptism of blood. blood yeah, change it like it happens in Carrie when she finally gets baptism in blood. She oh, goes yeah, catatonic. <laughs> oh, that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like horror movies? Do you? Not too much. Um, I'll watch jump scare type horror movies that are okay, yeah. but. Not, not, really. not intentionally. Like no. if something's really good and somebody recommended. Yeah. You. So yeah. a movie like Get Out still stays fresh in my mind. I loved Get Out. That oh, was yeah. brilliant. Are you gonna? Well, there, we have another one um, coming up. Candyman. Candyman. Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard Jordan that. Peele's production company. Oh, Jordan Peele. Okay. Producing Candyman. Ooh. It's a remake. I have. To, I don't want to staple anybody because it's a it's a movie that from the '90s of, mm. of Candyman. 
Okay. I'll have to take a look at it. Ghetto horror. It's a, it's a monster. <laughs> if, the premise is if in the ghetto, if you say his name five times in the mirror. Oh, oh okay. It sounds uh, familiar now. Yes. Yeah. I think I, was, I may have seen it or yeah. may have heard of it. It sounds very familiar. Yes. But it's very, uh, when it came out, the original was very like a spectacle of just colors. And just it's it's gaudy colors. That's how I remember it. Mm. There was a sequel to it that was not too bad. It was a Candyman too, but it wasn't as captivating as the first one was. Have you seen the movie Us? Yes, that was great. Yes, I love the dualities. Yes. I love the play of dualities. Kind yeah. of the self, you know. She was looking at the mirror within herself. Yeah, and we didn't know. Like that was really playing with my mind. Like what happened? Like which one is the real? The real one that we should have been rooting for. <laughs> right. Well, I, I always, I, I love dualities. It's ever since I've loved Batman because you can sit and pick your brain who is the real person. Is right. Is it Batman or who's or is or it Bruce, Bruce Wayne? Who's, do, who's really faking themselves? Right. I just, Bat, I, I always, in my perception, Bruce Wayne is fake. Mm. That the real person actually is, is Bat, Batman. Batman. And then the whole fake of I'm I only care about is being rich and wealthy and right. is all an act. A persona. I, yeah. yeah. But it's always what role are you playing? I mean, a lot of people like it doesn't matter. He's always playing a role. It depends yeah. on what outfit he's saying. Yeah. Uh, that's a, you mentioned outfit. That's actually kind of a good way to look at it because he's in a mask. We all kind of tend to wear masks sometimes. Yeah. And so there's that reality and. When he takes off his, well, we never really see him take off his mask, but the only time he takes off his mask when he's Bruce. So, yeah, yeah that's pretty interesting. Then. I mean, you could, we could discuss hours about the whole, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole point of, well, they talk about a Kill Bill. The only, superhero oh, Kill Bill who, yeah. the only superhero who's actually generally himself as superhero is Superman, the first one. Oh, wow. When he's in the outfit, that's who he's supposed to be. When he's not, he's trying to blend into people, and he's pretending to be somebody else. His Clark Kent is a he's Clark fraud. Kent. It's yeah. a fake. Because he's the only superhero that, when he's a superhero, that's who generally who he is. And Spider Spider Man is somewhat the same same concept too. Right, because he's injected, so he's part of his idea. Is since he's a mutant, he's mutant. That that when he puts on the outfit, he's right. more, far more comfortable being Spider Man. Right. And being Peter Parker. Yeah. We all do different roles, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm a different person on podcasting than I'm in real life. Right. Different from my personal, my professional job than I'm to um, outside of, you know, when I'm the artist and everything. Yeah. So. We, like, all, we all wear, we all wear many, many, many hats sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, like Jack Nicholson said, uh, just let the clothes do the work and you'll be sane. <laughs> That's a, that's very good saying. <laughs> <laughs> do you like to do um, directing, or do you um, initially, or do you always want us to stick with acting? Well, originally I started out um, doing both modeling and acting, and then I kind of got. Oh my god! Talk about duality. <laughs> <laughs> I start. I sort of got um, into directing because. I come from a family of entertainers and musicians yeah. and artists. Yes. And yeah. It just fell 
naturally directing and producing to me. So I, I, I also love production managing. Like I love to do production managing. So that's kind of like um, like post production, almost like kind of right, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, which is fun to do actually the whole filming process and figure that out. But then when you the post production is when you piece it together yep. to as a product as a singular product. You yeah. start with an outline. You have somewhat of a shell. And then you just sort of put the pieces, the remaining pieces that don't fit in together. So yeah, that's kind of a good problem solving tactic. <laughs> that's how I approach every page I do in comic book. You start with the whole page. Mm-hmm. You realize how it's going to fit as a whole rather than right. just piece, piece, piece by piece. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So as editing, you're comfortable with ed- the editing? Who's doing the editings with I you don't guys? do editing. You don't? <laughs> I can do a little bit of editing, but yeah. I have somebody else doing editing. So for The Reluctant Driver, Adel actually took on the editing, and he did the cinematography for it. Okay. And this was his first short film that he worked on. So, editing-wise. Yeah, editing-wise. Okay. And, and doing the cinematography for, so. It's big. It's a lot to handle for your yes. first time. Yeah. Yes. Because not only are you shooting the film, but probably in your mind, like, how I'm going to mm-hmm. edit this as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you you have your script, which is your vision, and you just follow. I mean, if, if things don't, you may cut things in your script that didn't work out the first time. I think this script is like 15 pages long. Yeah. So we ended that's up. That's not too. I mean, that's pretty standard. standard. Yeah. yeah that was good. So we ended up cutting out one of the parts, which we'll end up reshooting anyway later to yeah. add back into the story. So what what parts do you cut? What parts do you keep? Which is kind of the the the, the thing you try to decide when you're. <laughs> I think out on location sometimes. you know what uh, you bring it up because what parts you cut and what parts you don't and I think the, the accomplished film to, uh, maker David Mamet said mm-hmm. you got you you're willing to cut out the good stuff right because it does, it's fantastic looks great but it doesn't drive the story right what's the point and you have to be willing to cut even the even the good stuff and that frustrate right. they'll frustrate you but in the end what is what is beneficial what's more what's more visually appealing to your audience what is yeah. that you're audience wants to see so yeah this year we didn't do a kidnapping so (laughs) (laughs) but you have to i think especially when you're making films and i like to especially listeners you have to be willing to adapt Mm -hmm. and you have to be willing to accept changes and accept other people's ideas because it is a group project Mm -hmm. um and you can't just stubborn it's not going to work and i like to project to people especially you have an idea of what you want to do but you have to be willing to modify that's right yeah that's how I think everybody becomes successful. Yeah, I mean, if if one person is controlling the whole show, that's not going to work. <laughs> oh. Your production is going to fall right apart, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, with directing, also with photography. So you, do you use that trait of photography as your direct? Yeah, well, um, photography is how I wanted to move away from and um, getting to more filmmaking. So I had the idea to shoot write and direct my first short film which i did for the minnesota 50 50 uh, festival several years ago yeah when i entered that and someone had kindly told me don't do everything yourself so i that's always sort of been in the back of my head because I, I i looked up on the screen and i go why did i do that <laughs> why like i was yeah. so ner- I, I was so nervous at the premiere because i i i don't like sitting in front 
and I don't like to watch some of my things, so I like to go hide, and I like to like be away until the end of it, and I'll come back and be like, oh, yeah, what'd you think? <laughs> so. Well, I, I think I, I read that Tim Burton never watches his own movies, especially with the audience. He sits in the waiting room. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, so you're not alone. I'm just saying there's, there's, there's a lot of accomplished other film directors who are in the same park. They just... Like well, he he's always remarked as I know what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think now I've I've now I've gotten a little more comfortable, like right. getting into the room with everybody and um, hanging out with my friends who are there and the team and just like all right, I'll suck it up and suck sit down up. and enjoy the film. Well, I got all the people ask me, what should I do to start my own podcast? And then the first thing I said, record your voice and get used to it. Right. Because it's a shock. Mm-hmm. You're listening to your own voice. You go, really? That's how I sound. So the first thing is get used to how you speak. Exactly. Yeah. And I think for acting, like get used to how you look on the camera. Well, yeah. for me, on camera is always terrifying. Why? Because <laughs> I, I, it's kind of a shock because you, you direct and you've been on camera before. So Well, it's different because when you're behind the camera, that's sort of my comfort zone. Yeah. Whereas when I'm in front of the camera, it's sort of like, what do I do? Where, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, uh, what do I do with my hand gestures? What do I do with my face? Um, right. You know, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So you, there's a lot of more variables when you're in front of the camera that yes. you're socially conscious mm-hmm. rather than a director is just looking about what's the framing and. You know, right, and I think uh, that's what I enjoy is looking at different frames and the the different cuts that we're gonna make or yeah yeah so i mean acting's enjoyable you just have to know what you want to do would you ever want to do a horror movie i'm not objecting to it (laughs) we've we've done one before um it's called it's not really a horror it's more of a suspense um broken i like to box that yeah yeah so the same um, kind of thing it was Joseph Dutra had did the cinematography for it, and it was called Broken. It was our first seat bus that we entered. Okay. And we did it all in our basement. We set it up shop, and we had all the different saws and different tools that we use. It's Broken is basically the story about this man who's dying from cancer, and so his son is on revenge to... Um, is on the revenge with the insurance companies to try to get some peace of I mind. See. Yeah. Some, some kind of resolution. Yeah, get a resolution to closure for his father. So, okay. Of his father dying of cancer because they couldn't issue the insurance. So, um, it's a really interesting film. <laughs> Broken. Broken. How could we find it? On YouTube, uh, it's at uh, Dutra Pictures. You can go to Okay, for website. Joseph's on Joseph's yeah, YouTube channel. Yeah, it's on D- uh, Joseph's site, yeah. I believe the last time you guys are there, I put the link for yeah. that as well. Okay. Yeah, I'll send you the link. You can yeah. you can take a look at it. All right. Jolanta, this has been a lot of fun, man. Yeah, thank you, Nick, for having me on here. This I is think awesome. I, loved, I love coming in and just talking movies. It's, it's kind of refreshing, so. It is. Uh, you have to think what you want to do for a trilogy now for your... <laughs> Part three. Part three. <laughs> oh, I'll wait till the end of the year when I really need you. My <laughs> favorite. Back. My favorite part three <laughs> is Back to Future Part Three because they go in the past. So why is it the future? Why can't say ah. back? <laughs> right? Yeah, it should have said Back to the sense. Past, right? Or Back to the Future. What? <laughs> <laughs> I actually met Leah Thompson from Back to the Future. She's yeah. very nice. She's a Minnesota native. Yes, she is. Yeah. 
Did, it, when did you meet her? At the Twin Cities Film Festival a uh, couple of years ago. A couple of years ago she was there. She was there and they were doing a movie premiere that they had made with her daughter Zoe and... Oh yeah, that's right. She has uh, two. Yeah, I yeah. forgot her other daughter's name. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but she's yeah, she's um, I think it was was it some kind of there's another movie she was in, some kind of wonderful or something. That sounds familiar. With yeah. Eric Stoltz, God, that was an '80s melodrama. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember the title. It was some kind of wonderful or something like that. But Jelana, thank you, Nick. Thank you very much for coming on. And you, as you know, because this is not your first time. It's not over till the <laughs> guest says it's over. <laughs> it's over. Oh, I got it. Okay. That's okay.